welcome to the All Things Overlanding podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hey there, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. Today, I wanted to talk about gear that I don't bring on overlanding trips with me anymore and what I bring instead. So what I mean by that is, you know, it's been probably about five years now that I've been going on trips. I've had two vehicles now. I've had a bunch of different setups from ground tent to hammock to rooftop tent and everything in between. So I finally have kind of done a bunch of different types of camping and overlanding. And I've learned a lot about kind of what gear I bring with me and what I don't really need. So without further ado, let's get into what I don't bring on my overlanding trips anymore and what I bring instead. All right, so I know that some other people have done this. I've seen other YouTube creators, if you will, do this sort of topic, but I really liked the idea of it. It's and it's so I'm just saying I'm not claiming credit for this idea, right? It's not my original idea, um, but I like that they've done these things, and I think that everybody's perspective is interesting and helpful when it comes to newer folks, especially kind of trying to figure out what they should bring and what they shouldn't bring. And I've done a bunch of episodes where I talk a lot about how to save money and stuff, right? Like what not to buy. And some of that kind of lines up with this. So I will put a card up here uh, in the corner just to that episode. So if you want to check that one out too, as far as like what to buy and what not to buy, it did. I did try and make it as different from this as possible. So I'm not repeating myself. That episode has its own value. Um, but that one may help you if you're you're looking at buying gear and stuff like that. This one may help you from like a planning standpoint and a strategic standpoint as far as how you want to equip yourself in the future. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But so things that I have learned since I started overlanding is, one, redundancy is important. And I've always been a big proponent of redundancy. I've always said I need to have backups on backups on backups and stuff like that. However, I've gone a little crazy, almost to the hoarder side. And so I do want to say one of the things that I don't bring is as much redundancy in general as I used to. Um, Some examples of that is fire starters. I'm really bad about that. I I like to bring like multiple types and kinds of fire starters. I probably got three ferro rods in my fire starting kit. I've got a a regular Bic lighter. I've got one of those long stemmed lighters like you would use to light, you know, like a fire pit or like a gas uh, grill or things like that. I've got so much fire starting stuff that I could literally probably start five years worth of fires. And so I've, I've recently kind of gone through that and consolidated it down. And again, you don't ever want to be lacking for stuff, right? You don't want to bring so little that you get out to a place and you can't start a fire, for example. But there's just no reason to have so much redundancy that you've got 20, 30, 40 different options for stuff, whether it be fire starters or lighters or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so cutting back on that redundancy is one of those ways where I've kind of, you know, shifted away from the way that I used to pack stuff. So I no longer pack 
that many options for lighters or cooking or whatever the case may be, I try to cut back a little bit on that stuff just to make it so that I'm more efficient and I can use my space more effectively. Um, the next thing that I used to take on every single trip all the time, and I now barely ever take any of this at all, is fuel. Uh, now, when I say this, I want to preface this with it depends a lot on where you are, where you go, how long your trips are, that kind of thing, right? So for me, a lot of my trips are not even so much typical overlanding trips. They're almost more like two or three night camping trips, right? So in my case, especially being in the Midwest, there's just not a lot of places where I can even get as hard as I can try where I'm not going to have any access to fuel. So I used to bring two, you know, five gallon, 20 liter jerry cans with me. I had those on every trip. I had them strapped in the bed of my truck or in the back of my Xterra when I had that. And I just brought all this fuel because I was like, what if, what if I get out in the middle of somewhere and I'm low on fuel and you know, but then the more that I brought it, the more I realized I never used that stuff. I think one time in the last five years, I got out into literally the middle of the Trans-Wisconsin Adventure Trail. We went past a gas station. I probably just should have, I was at like half a tank. I should have just stopped and filled up. That would have solved my whole problem. But I was like, no, I got this extra fuel, it'll be fine. And then we got out into the middle of nowhere and we couldn't find a dispersed spot. And we ended up having to drive quite a ways back out of the woods. And of course your gas mileage goes down when you're off-roading and stuff versus being on like a highway or a higher speed road. Um, so I did hit a point where I had to take a five gallon jerry can and pour a few gallons into it just to get out to the nearest town and, and get gas. Um, so I was glad that I had it that time, but you could bring a two gallon or a four gallon, you know, rotopax or something like that. And that would give you enough to get you out of a dangerous situation in most cases that I've experienced anyways. So fuel is definitely one of those things where a lot of people strap, you know, tons of jerry cans or, or rotopacks or whatever to their, to their things and then never use them. Or I've even seen Jeeps in my area that have like four or six, you know, five gallon jerry cans. And I'm like, you could refill your tank one and a half, two times, you know, like, if you're that far out in the Midwest, especially, like you got lost. You went off the flat earth and you're on the turtle's back or whatever. You know, it's a weird reference. If you don't know about flat earth, it's fascinating. Go look it up. Um, but like, uh, but it's just impossible, right? Like it's just, it's, it takes up a lot of room. You could risk spilling it. There's a lot of downsides to carrying fuel on your vehicle. It's a little bit more dangerous, especially if you've got it in a spot strapped to your rig where you could potentially take a hit from another car. It's just additional risk for very little reward. So extra fuel, at least in big, huge quantities, is definitely something that I have pulled back on and I do not carry anymore on my trips. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Um, so the third thing that I used to just bring a ton of, and I have, I have recently kind of cut back on, is lighting. So, you know, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm just sort of a hoarder when it comes to lights. So, I mean, I've got everything from, you know, I've got this little Lander Cairn light, which I really love. It can hang up in my rooftop tent. It has Bluetooth capabilities, so when I walk away with my phone, it'll turn the light off. When I come close, it'll turn it on. It's awesome, right? But this is one single light to do one single thing inside my tent. Then I've got this big, huge, bright light that I use just to like mess with my neighbors and stuff mostly because it's huge and it's like a giant spotlight and it's fun. So I bring that a lot of the times. Then I would bring, you know, a smaller light like this with a flood on it because then I'm like, oh, well, if I'm going to the bathroom at night, I can use this flood to see my way around. It's small, so it'll fit in my pocket. So I'd have that in my pocket. And then I'd have like a lantern or two or three, you know, sitting all around 
on my little tables or whatever. Just one of these sitting around everywhere too. And you know, when you look at all these things together, right? Like they, they actually take up a pretty good amount of room. Like there's a lot of space that gets taken up by this and, and mess and just, you know, in your backpack, you're digging through stuff and I'm digging through four different kinds of flashlights to find, you know, my pillow for the night or whatever. Um, but so I've, I've just, I've kind of gone through it all. I've seen it all. And now what I've tried to do, my sort of my solution is I pulled back from the portable flashlights and lanterns and all that stuff. And again, being that sort of overlanding mentality where like I like my vehicle to be what I'm dependent on and everything to constantly be on my vehicle so I don't have to pack it or charge it or unpack it every single time, I've gone to more vehicle-based lighting. So I've got, you know, that LED strip that goes under my rooftop tent that lights up pretty much the whole area under my awning and in the bed of my truck and under my rooftop tent when I'm climbing up and down into it. And that can be controlled from my Red Arc system now, which is built into the truck. So I've got a built-in dual battery. So I've got plenty of capacity, plenty of power to run those things. And I just kind of rely on that. And then I've also got some spotlights and things like that. So if I really needed to light up the night around my truck, I could do that. But I don't have to pack anything. I don't have to bring stuff. It doesn't take up space. Um, so that is, lighting is a big thing that I've kind of, again, consolidated into my vehicle so that I don't have to, you know, find other ways to bring 50 different types of lights, headlamps and everything else, you know. So that is another thing that I've definitely pulled way back on. So fourth, similar to the lights, I also have been a giant hoarder of, you know, these sort of, like portable battery packs. I've got a million of them. Like I just, these just came off my little charging station that I've got in here. I probably got four more of them in backpacks and center consoles in my truck and things like that. They're really nice. I do like that these things exist, right? Like I use them to charge my phone portably when I'm sitting in my camp chair, for example, if I don't want to be near my truck. So there are some downsides to not bringing them, but you could bring one, right? You could just get away with probably like this Lander one is one that I really like because it's got a strap so I can strap my phone to it. Charges wirelessly. It's got like a rubber coating on it so you're not going to scratch up your phone or anything. Um, this thing does wireless, but it's slippery and shiny. So like your phone just constantly slides off of it. It doesn't stay on it. So that's why I like this. This one's just a regular old, you know, USB uh, charging type of thing. But you just don't need all those, you know? Like, if you have one of these, maybe, I think one of these is a good fit just to kind of keep in your bag. So that, again, if you were hiking and your phone started to get low or die, you could recharge it. Or, again, for the portability, if you want to be sitting by your fire and want to charge your phone or charge your watch, charge something small, just one of these little guys is probably enough. Um, but I was taking more and more. You know, I was like, I need one that is shaped for an Apple Watch. So I had this one little tiny battery pack that was rechargeable on USB that you could put your Apple Watch on. And I'd have that set out. But then like at night when I go to bed, I'm like, here's my Apple Watch charger, boom. Here's my phone charger, boom. Here, I wanna charge my batteries for my drone. Let me plug that into this one over here. You know, there's just, it's too much. So, you know, the ways I've sort of solved that is either like a bigger battery pack. So like a portable power generator, they call them, or a portable power bank, that kind of thing, like a Jackery or an Ocmo or something like that. Those are great options if you don't want to do the full dual battery system in your vehicle or don't want to go with that expense. A portable, you know, power pack like that may be a good option, but get something with enough capacity. Get a 300 watt hour, 500, 1000 if you think you need it. Um, but then you can charge everything off one unit and it's portable enough that you could take it to the fire, but you could also use it in your rig, you know, sort of semi-permanently mount it in your vehicle and use that to charge all your stuff. Um, but so it took me a while to get to that point because I was cheap and I was like, these things are like 20, 30 bucks a piece, you know, for the little power banks. And then I just kept buying more and more and more and different types and different, you know, plugins and abilities to charge different things and got to a point where it was just too much. So now I've pulled way back on that. And then the last sort of thing that I want to talk about a little bit on things that I've pulled back from that I no longer really take when I go camping is just cooking gear in general. 
Um, now, some of you may get irate about this. You may be like, I love to cook and I need, you know, 17 knives and I need a full utensil set and I need four woks and three pans and eight pots and all this stuff. But I, in my experience, anyways, I don't. And I also get lazy a lot of the times when I go out and go camping or on longer overlanding trips, especially when you're hot and tired and sweaty and gross. Like, I may have had great plans to make, you know, huge, crazy meals and things like that. And then I bring all that food and I end up wasting it because I just make a mountain house because it's easier. Or we happen to go pop through a town or something in West Virginia before we go back out into the wilderness to go three hours away from civilization. And I just grab McDonald's on the way, right? So, so I've learned a lot to kind of just pull that back, kind of consolidate the amount of gear that I've got just in general. And that also goes for like cooking options too. So like, instead of having a five pound propane tank and a couple backup one pound propane tanks and a fire pit that I could use to cook. Like I've, I've always had all these redundant options. It's kind of goes into the redundancy thing again too. You don't, I don't need all that stuff, at least for me. So I've pulled way back on cooking options. I try and make it super simple, super consolidated, like one pot, one pan, a regular old utensils set. Typically I'm trying to reduce the size of a lot of that stuff too, just so it's not so big. Like I have a folding spatula from MSR now that I really like. I've got a little tiny cleaning brush so I can clean the, that one thing, you know, so I don't have to bring six pots and pans to, to be able to cook all my stuff. Um, so I've cut way back just in the cooking department in general from, you know, fuel standpoint, from types of cooking standpoint, from utensils to everything, basically. So I'm trying to go smaller and smaller, almost like a backpacker's mentality, right? The smaller the gear is, the less gear I have to bring, the less I have to remember to pack, the less I have to clean, the less I have to restock before the next trip. So cooking stuff is definitely another one where I've kind of pulled way back on that. So those were kind of the five things that I wanted to talk through today as far as things that I no longer really take or I'm trying to cut back on on my overlanding trips. Again, I hope that was helpful for you guys. I hope that if you are kind of, you know, struggling with that stuff too or you got all this gear and you're like, man, it takes me so long to pack for my trips or that sort of thing, that this will help you maybe think a little bit about it and figure out some ways to consolidate your gear and cut back a little bit and maybe not make some of the same mistakes that I've made. Um, so if it was helpful, click that like button if you're on YouTube. Post up in the comments down below. I'd love to hear from you guys on kind of what you've cut back on, right? Like what have you changed in your setups? What have you learned? And what have you kind of stopped taking the longer that you've gone? Also in the description down below are links to Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I've got a Patreon page. We've got a Discord with just the patrons in there. And we've started to do some like... Uh, once a month live stream sort of deals where we all hop on a Zoom and we pick a topic and we talk about it. And then I'm turning those into podcasts and YouTube episodes. So if you want to be on the episodes, if you want to be in here like once a month hanging out with all of us and talking overlanding gear, we'd love to have you hop on over to the Patreon page and, and join up. Um, and then last but not least, there's the Newbie Overlanders group down below, totally free to join. Over 8,000 members now already in just the last like six, seven, eight months. So amazing growth there. I'm really happy to have all you guys in there. And I feel like everybody's been really great with each each other and really helpful and there's tons of learning going on in there and great questions being asked um, so again check that out for sure um, but again thanks for watching thanks for listening if you're on the podcast if you have any questions post up below otherwise i will look forward to talking to you guys next week take care